we are delighted to welcome you back to the Sustainable Seabover Club. As always, you can find us on Twitter or Instagram and we would love to hear your thoughts. Andy Thompsa is our guest this week who we are so excited to chat to. Andy is a 27-year-old volunteer at YMCA Romania, digital expert in a project run by YMCA Europe, and his main role is digital content and communications officer at World YMCA. He was born in a fairly small town in the northwest of Romania and volunteered for the YMCA locally and nationally for over 10 years. He worked on youth mobilization projects, summer camps, and international training programs in the field of design and comms for YMCA Romania. He joined when he was 16 in a local branch, then studied and worked in the UK for seven years, studying science communications and worked in the field of sales, marketing and transitioned into the communications and content design field. He joined many international projects with Change Agents, Peacework Institute trainee, Youth Ambassadors and then Andy's journey and remote working possibility brought him home to his local YMCA. He currently volunteers at the border with YMCA Romania, helping in the refugee crisis, documenting and supporting the team right at the grassroots. In his current role, he eagerly prepares and liaises with the comms team from all six regions and ensures the voice of young people is heard, current issues discussed, and as we as a movement portraying what we stand for. So, how are you today, Andy? Hello, hello. Very well. Thank you so much. Thank you, Amy, for that amazing introduction. Uh, and thank you for having me on the show today. Oh, we're delighted to have you. Um, and it's a great bio. Um, so I'll head straight into the questions. But if, as we always kind of say, answer in as much detail as you can and you're comfortable with, but no need to overshare anything, just whatever you feel comfortable with. Um, so I suppose what brought you to the YMCA when you were 16 in Romania um, and why was that important for you? Yes. Oh, wow. That's that's an amazing question. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um, the my, my journey with the YMCA started um, as as every journey is, you know, you, you just delve in and you don't know what to expect. So um, a lot of my colleagues were talking in the classroom um, when I was, you know, in high school. Uh, we're talking about volunteering and, you know, it's very important to join, you know, either the Red Cross or different other opportunities we had, you know, back home. Um, and it was very interesting because I was trying different things from scouts to, you know, the Red Cross and the teasers. There's different uh, branches that uh, essentially they're um, they're doing different different volunteering opportunities. And I also wanted to try something that's a little bit, you know, out of the box, something, you know, something a little bit uh, more youth oriented. And everyone was sort of guiding me towards uh, the YMCA. And one day, um, it was a, a colleague of, um, you know, a friend of mine. Um, well, it's actually a, a teacher from a school that uh, my mom was attending some courses at, uh, was giving her some some directions uh, regarding an event that the YMCA was doing for, I think it was the 6th of June, which is the YMCA day. Um, and um, they were saying there's a lot of events happening there, um, you know, everything with international students as well and international volunteers. So um, I was like, yeah, let's, uh, let's give it a shot. So um, I ended up being in this lovely um, little hotel where they used to have their activities. Um, and I joined their, their uh, club uh, right away. Um, I, I saw some of the activities they were delivering there. And uh, I met one of the most 
probably the most amazing people I've, I've ever met in my life there. Um, they really changed everything, the, the way I saw and perceived the world and totally transformed um, you know, my, my perception of life. Uh, because I used to be very shy, I used to be you know, 16 years old. I was actually 16 to 17 years old. I uh, can't remember exactly, um, but I was very shy, extremely shy. I wouldn't talk to, uh, you know, wouldn't be very open to, 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 to talk about things. I only had my own hobbies, um, some, some things regarding, you know, used to do uh, models and, you know, model kits um, and would just read all day long. But when I met these people, it, it actually, you know, they put me in so many situations where where i had the chance to grow and open up uh and when i you know before i know it um i, I realized that uh you know i could join international training programs uh they were running a lot of uh, youth exchanges and youth mobilization programs so when i realized that you know this this whole ymca is much more than just an organization it's it's pretty much like a family um i was like mesmerized and fascinated and uh, this is what really you know made me stay uh the, the the values that they're they're um having you know the the family the community youth empowerment um it's all you know a great mission and uh I, i've always sort of i live my life by that so you know i i never left basically amazing that is such a lovely answer um to kick it off so um of the kind of international projects you worked on is there one that stood out to you um or that you look back on and think of it as your favorite um yeah i'm just interested to hear about the international projects for sure there's actually a couple um probably the very first one that um really Put me in a, in a situation where I have to lead a team and also to learn a lot of things that I'm actually using currently today. Um, it was it was a youth exchange program in Italy. Um, there were a lot of international um, you know organizations, um, and it was on social media. Well, back in those days, it wasn't social media; it was media um, and uh, supporting people with um, disabilities. Um, essentially. It was based on um, community work and um, sort of making sure that we raise awareness of the importance of inclusivity, uh, being as open and inclusive as, as possible in our organizations, and also using media tools. Um, so that was my first encounter with, uh, you know, editing softwares and um, also my, my first encounter with uh, what journalism and media is. And to me, it was a fascinating um, Thing. I, I was I was essentially I was 18 at the time and it was my very first chance to lead uh, a team um uh, a, a local team in the YMCA uh so I had the chance to to uh you know fly in Italy uh together um as as a um you know as an international team and I've learned so much I remember uh, there was this love italian uh guy you know he used to be a rugby player um and his name is luca uh he's he's an amazing person he managed to um really lead uh, an amazing training that uh really stood with us um i mean his words were always you know on the back of my mind you know and and he also he was my first sort of interaction with the ymca outside my my country uh, and then, of course, there are different projects like the, the change agents, um, which, again, it, it really it helped me to 
understand the uh, magnitude of, of our impact uh, as, as, as an organization, as a movement. Uh, also, I, I realized how big of a, a movement we are and how many people we can actually get in touch with and how big of a connection we can create. Um, so I, I had the chance also to fly in Thailand. It was one of the world councils. Um, so, you know, it was an amazing opportunity for, for me. Um, and also we had the chance to volunteer over there and in many other communities uh, in, in an international background. To me, that was, you know, a fascination. That was, that was the most inspiring thing that really, you know, even to this day, I remember if I didn't join the, the, the change agents program, I would probably be still in doubt of, what the YMCA really does and means, you know, so it, it was really good. Amazing. Yeah. And I think, um, like always meeting from people from other countries, um, you learn so much from those different perspectives. Um, so yeah, definitely. Um, and in, I'm kind of interested now, um, with the work that you're doing, can you tell us a bit about your experience, um, on the border and what you've learned firsthand about the refugee crisis? Yes. Um, so yeah, the um, the border experience is something that has really changed everything and put a lot of things into perspective. Um, I mean, it all happened very fast. As I keep telling everyone, uh, we didn't really realize if we're literally just 40 kilometers from the border with Ukraine. But um, in, in the first week when the, the war started in Ukraine, uh, we didn't really see much movement or many things in the news apart from the uh, mass crisis that was happening and a lot of people trying to uh, leave the eastern part of Ukraine, um, you know, heading towards the border. And I remember it was a Friday. Um, I was actually finishing up a project uh, that I was working on uh, before joining the uh, World YMCA. Um, and um, I remember there was a focus, there was sort of a... Um, let's say focus group um, made of all the YMCAs and uh, well, uh, organizations locally. Uh, there were a lot of charities in my hometown that uh, organized this coalition. Uh, there was a lot of organization, you know, gathering up just to, to, to provide a response to the refugee crisis because they were, they knew that there's gonna happen and we need to be prepared. Uh, there are already people coming on, you know, like uh, through the border. And uh, it was very important for us to be alert. Um, so I received a text from the uh, CEO of the YMCA of YMCA Romania. So the YMCA branch, the national branch is also based in my hometown. Um, and um, the, Alina, which is, uh, she's the CEO, uh, she texted me and she was saying that um, there's, we, we need to go to the border. We need to see what's actually happening there. We can support by volunteering with food products, you know, everything that we have, you know, there's uh, some, some, some accounts that they made as well for donations uh, locally. And uh, we just need to go to actually have an idea of what's happening there. So we went and sort of inspect and see what's, um, what's, what's around the border, what, what's the actual situation. Um, so when I arrived there, um, it was actually um, a very cold, um, it was 10 o'clock in the, in the middle of February, it was super cold. Um, and I remember that uh, there was a lot of people, you know, coming with nothing but, you know, like a bag and a suitcase, um, you know, and essentially they were thinking, they were having like um, 
an idea where they want to go. Many would wanted to go to to, uh, to the western part of Europe. Uh, so Romania would be just like a, a crossing point. Um, you know, it would be just like for a couple of days, they would settle there and then they would uh, go to Germany or Poland or many other uh, sort of countries. Uh, but for now, uh, a lot of them had to, um, you know, settle uh, settle in in the northern part. Uh, to me, it was uh, fascinating to see young people, um, actually children with their hats, um, you know, and their, you know, and their small bags, backpacks, and suitcases. Um, and you know, it, it constantly, I always ask myself the question: What would I pack if I was in a situation to leave? You know, like now, you know. So it was very difficult to put put myself in that that sort of situation in their shoes and it has been very very touching and to see that you know none of them were actually crying none of them were actually expressing that they're sad um but then we would see that at, at the end of the uh, at the end of the day they would always sort of get her up in in a hotel or in a place and you could see that they would be tired they would need help support assistance um, and this is, you know, this is actually the, the second part of our um, support that we try to offer is the psychosocial, you know, support, counseling um, uh, for, for them. Um, so, yeah, this is this was kind of like the first sort of interaction. Um, and I remember the very first night we were contacting a lot of local YMCs in Ukraine because we had loads of, uh, you know, branches and uh, a lot of our colleagues from from affected areas. So you know, we we had loads of people in Kiev that were we just wanted to make sure that you know they're safe. Uh, and we contacted people from Kiev all the way to Odessa, um, you know, the eastern part of Ukraine as well. And we managed to uh, create some sort of passages, safe passages, because they they would travel, you know, all, you know, through Ukraine, they would end up at the border. And from the border, um, a lot of them wouldn't have like an accommodation or a hotel or anyone to look after them. Uh, and I'm not saying that, you know, it's 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 not safe, but, you know, there, there was a lot of people that could just like pick them up and, you know, ask for money or, you know, essentially a lot of situations of like human trafficking that we really wanted to make sure that we, um, you know, diminish or minimize the risk uh, of all our friends coming over. So we tried our very best to contact everyone. Uh, so we managed to, there were like three situations where we managed to actually take families, uh, find them a hotel um, and take them overnight. And then the second couple of days, um, they would spend time in the city. And then we would uh, ensure that they, they, they have a safe passage to, to Germany. Um, and it was a lot of, it, it, there's so many tragedies, there's so many, you know, people when you see them traveling for, you know, five days because they were traffic jams, because it was so hard to get from one side to the other of the country. Um, you know, of course, planes was were not options um, and uh, they had to sort of make do with their cars, um, they were just traveling by cars. Um, so, yeah, it, it has been it has been very challenging and difficult for, for them, for, for me. Um, it has been something that it's it really changed my perspective uh, uh, on life and everything that you know I could and we as as a movement as as a YMCA could do because so many YMCAs around Europe and around the world uh, gather together to ensure that they have provisions that they have a safe passage um, that you know fundraise for 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 them to make sure that um, you know they they receive some some support. 
Uh, and you know now we're very uh, happy and grateful for all the YMCs who are sending you know support over to our local branch. So then we can support the. Uh, we have many different branches in in Ukraine. For instance, there's um, a region called Carpathia, which is very close to our border, and they have a few YMCs over there. So we're literally like the direct link to to those people and i also have the the privilege to uh you know to 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 be on the field firsthand um and also to cross the border um in 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 the the western side of ukraine so this part is um it there has been sirens there has been have been alarms but um we we try to you know make sure that uh, you know every single time we go there it's it's quite safe it's just we're we're you know, sending the goods over. Uh, we're dispatching the the the, the vehicles um, with, with different uh, aid and support, and we try to make sure that uh, you know everyone is safe. Uh, we're going under the um, you know the uh, the Red Cross because everyone knows the Red Cross. Apparently, you know the Red Cross. This is like a historical bit. You know, it was part of the YMCA. It was actually founded by the YMCA, but uh, it's it's much much more. Let's say. Um, it's it's much more renowned, especially in this part of the world. So um, you know, it's always a priority. You know, they always have priorities, and and when there's a traffic jam, and police will always escort you know the the the, um, the teams uh, if they have the Red Cross signs on on the on the vans. Um, so we managed to you know connect with the people locally over there. Uh, we were sort of meeting them, talking to them, and we sort of felt you know what they felt. Um, and it was incredible. It was it was incredible that we had the chance to connect and pretty much, you know, during this crisis, this, this war situation, we, we managed to help out and uh, to experience what they're experiencing on, on over there, which, you know, it's it's hard to to describe because, you know, it's such a such a such an amount of like stimuli and, and sort of mix of feelings that, you know, it's it's gratitude. It's it's sadness it's happiness at the same time that we can help um but these people really are um you know suffering and it's good that we have the chance and you know we're here close and we we have the opportunity to 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 still go and support because i know in a lot of areas it's almost impossible because you know um the areas are cut down you know um there's tanks all around and um yeah it's it's good that we can still help the people from from you know from the western part and then they can send the supplies all the way to kiev and also the uh, affected areas um but yeah it's in a nutshell it's it's um it, it changed everything that i knew about what we as a movement can do yeah that's amazing because in the sense that i think it's really really fascinating to hear about like the ways that you were able to support um being so close because obviously Ireland is further away um and people still try to come together and support um Ukrainians I think it was really interesting to hear what you could do and like at the grassroots as you were describing um and I think that's so important um and obviously like to hear about firsthand how your worldview yourself as an individual has also changed and um, was so interesting um, and then you have a lot of work um, that focuses on communication um, so I suppose like as a final question what is your main message to anyone listening to this episode today? Wow! Uh, thank you for the question <laughs> this is this is a this is a very deep one because uh, yeah I, I feel like in matters of 
communication and um, awareness, um, I think it's very important to take everything with a pinch of salt and uh, be a very um, inquisitive and investigate whatever you hear, um, you know, whatever comes to you, whatever piece of communication comes uh, from, from various sources. It's always good to double check and to be aware of what's happening out there. And what I've learned is that uh, it's very, very important, especially during the pandemic time, you know, to reach out to people, um, just say hi. It's been a long time since we we talked and let's see how how you're feeling, because, you know, there's a lot of situations like um, like this one. You know, I haven't spoken with a lot of my friends and colleagues from the affected areas in Ukraine. Um, and it's just this opportunity that we have now that I, I'm reaching out to them to see how, how, how they're feeling and how they are. And I feel like it's very important to, if you feel like, you know, if you, if you ever thought that, you know, what's up with that guy or what's up with that, that person, you know, let's haven't spoken with that girl in, in, in a long time, just reach out to them and say, you know, just say hi, you know, it's been a long time you know, let's, let's, you know, hang out, you know, go for, you know, go for a chat at some point. Um, it's very, very important, especially now we're spending so much, so much time on online and it's very important to uh, have this sort of, you know, communication, uh, even if it's still, you know, virtual, um, it's still, you know, seeing a face, you know, feeling a few emotions and seeing what the other person has to say, it's very important as well. And I feel like, we need to be more sort of open to conversations and debates. Um, and I feel like being open is going to be the open and resilient. Uh, that's that's going to be the way out uh, in, in situations of, of crisis, just, just like the ones we are experiencing now everywhere in Europe, you know, from, from the pandemic to war um, and, you know, uh, all the other crises. We, we just need to make sure that um, we're ready to talk and be open, I feel like, and, and be honest with, with yourself and your feelings as well. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Um, and something that people can do on such a small level, um, which is really important. And um, thank you so much for joining us. We've learned so much. You've incredible insights. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me, Amy, uh, to you and the team. And um, I'm really looking forward to, you know, to see uh, what amazing uh, guests and, and shows you're, you're uh, pulling off because honestly, you're doing an amazing work um, and very well done to everyone. So thanks for having me. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Welcome back. Um, we're starting this new over section now. Um, so we have Ayushi, Eve, and I'm um, Amy. Um, so for our fun question, um, yeah, what is your favorite Easter egg? Or if you didn't get one this year, what Easter egg did you wish you got? Okay, yeah, something like that. Work away. I like Fredo Easter eggs. <laughs> Caramel or the plain ones? Plain, plain. No, I, I can't stand caramel. Me neither. I like, I love the Galaxy Golden Eggs. I think they changed the name this year, but the Galaxy Golden Eggs, even though I just say I hate caramel, but they're not like caramel, they're like crispy. So yeah, they're the way to go. <clears throat> yeah. I got a plain dairy milk this year. Classic. Just classic. Um. So yeah. Um. What was I going to say? Yes. Um. I think... Like there was so much in that interview. Um, because Andy talked about like lots of 
different like things because obviously the YMCA do lots of work like mm -hmm. um they don't specifically focus on one particular thing just kind of change making in general um so he spoke a bit about his journey and then um he's volunteering and now he's working on the border to support ukrainians um and he left us an amazing final message as well um so is there anything that particularly stood out to you or that you kind of took from the interview uh i think it was like interesting to hear him talk about like the connections behind YMCA and stuff like that like why uh, it's so important to like have those connections people and like to maintain them I suppose like I remember last year reading like something I don't even know what it was <laughs> but they asked us this question like why is global youth work important and I think that's what I talked about is like making friends and like making those connections and like finding that support within a community that like is like-minded or like is same passions as you or like is the same have the same values or whatever I think that's like very important and like essential aspect of doing anything like 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 YMCA or like what Andy is doing like connections human connections and I think I think it's so true though because <clears throat> so often um social media and things like that and texting people obviously those are really important but sometimes I think we can confuse like communication and connection like I think mm -hmm. just like technically haven't spoken to someone or reached out to them or like kind of seen what they're up to on social media it can sometimes feel like you're more connected them than you are compared to like after the pandemic now we're spending more time with people in person and I think like you feel the difference like you feel more cared for and mm -hmm. like actually like connected and close to that person which I think is like interesting that social media is a tool but it's not really everything yeah like you definitely like it's my parents story like I think people who are on my parents story like know about my life but then again like I choose what I post or whatever do you know what I mean like everything people post is a choice to like show off what they're doing like not show off but, like show a highlight reel or a piece of their day rather than it being like the entirety of like who they are as a people and like it's just nice to sit down and like see someone face space even if it's on Zoom just like you can tell like what they're thinking in their body language and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like it's different to seeing like an Instagram story or whatever, even though like both are ways of, I suppose, like communication, like one is more connection. Exactly. <laughs> as you said. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But I think like even with social media, like obviously inherently people choose what they put on there and like just, it just it often is going to be the good parts because and that's not inherently wrong like those are the bits that people want to share but I think it's nice that like if you're with someone you're probably going to talk about the in-between stuff and the not so good stuff and nice things as well and you kind of have a bit more like balance I suppose mm -hmm. um which again like for to actually get to know someone I think that is quite important um but I, I think it even ties into his last message that like being open with people and having those connections is such a big part of everything because even in terms of like um kind of discrimination and things like that um if we can properly try and like listen and understand other people then it kind of 
it just makes all those it's it stops you from othering people and seeing mm-hmm. them as different and see them as human instead yeah and I think he also brought the point like about how um like when you're looking at stuff online or whatever like you have to be aware of what you're reading and like take everything with a pinch of salt is what he said like it's so true like wherever you read something or like you see something in a picture or a story like there's always someone who has an intention about posting that and whether that intention is entirely like truthful or 100% the truth or honest or whatever like there's always a slant behind everything so it is important to like remember that social media is a tool to communicate messages that people want to communicate rather than it being the absolute truth in every situation which is especially like prevalent I suppose in, like what's happening and propaganda even like from but even even like the media <clears throat> we have um obviously the, we like there's much there's very pervasive propaganda in other areas of the world as we know at the moment but like even with the media that we're consuming you know in ireland um a lot of media isn't necessarily fact and it's not that it's on like it's false either mm-hmm. it's just that a lot of media is opinion and it's told a certain way and there's a narrative like that's the inherentness of telling a story but you just kind of have to think well maybe there is another perspective and another way to see this um and it's really hard to always be looking at something like Mm -hmm. that but often it can it can change how you see something um and I think it's really important to kind of always almost to be like kind of challenge yourself a little bit when you're reading something Definitely. And sometimes that's not even like because of the fact that like, oh, maybe it's not 100 accurate. Something it's like something that you wouldn't have maybe thought of before. Mm, and you have exactly. to like be open minded about it. Like if you see like, I don't really necessarily agree with that. But like maybe I'll read this and like with an open mind and open perspective rather than just immediately assuming like your defensive position or whatever. And like with that comes like response. I think with social media comes responsibility to like monitor what you post as well because people forget that like, even if you're a private account with like just your friend and family, like you still have a responsibility to post like content that like you believe to be like accurate or true or aligning with your values. Like if you're posting something from a news source or like a tweet or a picture or something or reposting even like that has responsibility. Like people may look up to you or take what you say and maybe is truthful or they may assume that you know more than they know. So like they will listen to you and like, it's always important to be aware of like what you're posting and where it's coming from as well that's just what you're reading exactly and I know like I know even myself like I follow quite a lot of like activists and things like that and like that means that there is a lot of content and quite like wordy content if you know what I mean Mm. like and there's a lot a lot to like I suppose learn um so I just find like I save them and come back to them when I can (laughs) properly read them because I find so many people like repost them before they read them and like you haven't even learned from that you don't know if you agree with it um or or have been challenged by it or anything um and I find that like that's so against the point like I'd prefer if I read it and no one else saw it and I properly learned from it than if Mm. I just reshared it and it was so surface level on my side of it yeah um so I think just like even we were talking about this in the episode um kind of I suppose when the invasion was first announced that you can choose how you spend your time reading like media and engaging Mm -hmm. with like the news um and it's the same with social media that like that intentional time where you're properly learning is often more valuable than if you're scrolling all day and you're kind of 
putting yourself in a really bad mental place mm-hmm. um so yeah yeah like I've definitely been victim I might be victim being the person who just like mm-hmm. reads and then goes oh yeah I think that's like agree with that post do you know what I mean like I especially like I think 2020 like that was the year everyone said using Instagram like for like activism almost do you mm-hmm. know what I mean because it was clean glorified and there was definitely stuff maybe like I repost or everyone like maybe now looking back I don't necessarily agree with or like think it's the right way to communicate a message that I do agree with um but like Amy said like I do just I save like so much stuff and then read it and last time I don't ever post it because I'm like eh, I maybe agree with some parts not other parts ever but just by learning or like even just reading something back over or thinking about it a few days later is like important and like a way of um growth I suppose um and like what you're saying yeah like social media is a tool like it is a tool and you're in control like I feel like a lot of the time people like like it is kind of like a like a omnipresent body that's like I kind of it's like portrayed like this big dangerous monster almost sometimes and it's like it is obviously like has dangers to it but when you follow people you're choosing to follow people and when you're posting stuff it's your choice to post stuff you don't have to like kind of be sucked into like just following and posting and following and posting it is a conscious decision to do things like that like if you're if you go on instagram and your feed is just making you feel about you're upset like maybe go through your followers list or your following list and like get rid of the things that make you feel upset or conflicted or confused or I don't even know anything like that because at the end of the day like you create your own little platform and you choose how you want to use that platform I suppose for social media exactly and and the app like is does like it wants to keep you there <clears throat> for as long as possible it's designed that way so like have it a space where you know you you want to be there too um and I think like you know that like the app will follow like Instagram will follow it'll um show you more what you seem to be liking um if if you manage to do that um and I think like another thing with consuming media um especially at the moment is that like remembering kind of people who I suppose like how are facing disparity and discrimination and things like that like all different types of group like you know trans people black people and um, people of color ukrainians moment that we remember them kind of like i suppose and like think about them for their culture and like them as people and not just kind of that disparity and the really negative sides because i think sometimes it's because you are trying to learn about a situation it's hard to see people as whole humans i think that's really um important so if you can like like follow diverse people as well that 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 can be really helpful I think yeah I think sometimes there's an idea that like people like have to act a certain way or if they're like if they're part of a community that means they have to speak out like about like stuff about the community or issues but like no there's no like necessary like people just live their lives where they want to live their lives like whether they want to do certain things politically or socially or activists like is up to them not because of like whatever like I don't know a sense of that but like like people are humans with different emotions not everyone agrees the same thing and it is important to like when you follow someone like you don't idolize them or paint them in a certain way or expect them to do certain things all the time just because they've done the past or whatever like people can change and make choices and like everyone who uses the app and who uses an app or any social media like is a person behind a platform I suppose or behind a post like it's not just what you see yeah. I suppose. exactly and like in an ideal world people don't have to constantly be advocating for something and constantly be having like to fight injustice because ideally 
like and hopefully someday in the future that like inherent injustice wouldn't be there for people to constantly have to use their energy on um mm. so it's a really important that now while you know people are advocating for those things that there's still humans behind that um and that that's like valuable as well um so yeah i, I just think that's quite important too yeah I think yeah. also kind of ties into a little bit. Maybe this is a very perfect connection, but like you, Andy was saying that like when they offer aid and support, like one thing they offer is counselling and social support and like social, like I suppose, interactions rather than just like the essential, like I suppose essentials like being food, water, shelter. There's also essentials to do with mental health and to do with the mind, to do with social issues. So I think that's important, like part of aid and support people often forget like you can help someone by listening or by um giving them emotional support rather than just the I suppose like essential survival tools yeah no absolutely and even like um even like here after the pandemic it's like really important to see that that emotional support is still really valuable even if it's just in a friendship um and I think like on the same kind of vain like that kind of counseling and stuff like that like for children in these crises at the, at a moment like childhood does last a lifetime as the quote goes um but like it really does like it's gonna impact people um f- for for so many years to come um and I think like even in Ireland for people who have come um like there's the immediate um work that has to be done to like you know get people a place to stay and all those essentials we were talking about but also like to kind of have like language translations and games and kind of places for people to play and people for people to access wi-fi um and I know like the libraries are doing a lot around that at the moment and having like kind of at like additional stuff that in the long term people need you know but often aren't considered as important in the immediate emergency kind of yeah like you could have people like getting food water accommodation but like are they welcome in the sense that they can communicate as you said like translating is the big thing like if you can't communicate and translate then like it's super difficult to like I can imagine super difficult to even like begin or start or like even just like with especially children like it's such a formative time and if like they're feeling isolated at all like that's dangerous like the feeling of isolation or not having emotional or like actual support in terms of like translation whatever like is could be detrimental to children and people in general yeah absolutely and I think something I definitely learned from what he was saying was that kind of there's so many different ways to support people like at the moment um like they're doing a combination of um kind of like obviously quite a big one was uh contacting people and forming that safer passage but also like um fundraising counseling um mess you know like all that kind of like translating essential things um and I think it's just interesting to see that there's so many different ways um of supporting and I think like that the same can be said for all of us um and that's something that I definitely took away um but 
do you have any kind of final messages or um anything you kind of want to say before we wrap up i just like to say final messages a lot i thought it was like encapsulated like kind of theme of the episode i suppose like being support being connection like it's essential to remain connected and um to give support when you can and i suppose to be grateful for what you have i always think is a good thing to go away with yeah absolutely like i think him having seen everything firsthand like he has such a sense of gratitude and i think it's something that we can so easily take everything for granted um and I think, yeah, I think that's a really nice message as well. Um, both of them just kind of supporting people, connection and gratitude. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so will I do the Hain a doe three? Sure. <laughs> Gabby's not here. Okay. Hain a doe a three. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. Also, you can read the entire transcript of every episode in the link to our Google Drive, which you can find on our Instagram. Once again, online youth information chat is live from 4pm to 8pm, Monday to Friday at ymca-ireland.net slash question or find YMCA at YI Young Voices. Every second Thursday, we will release a new episode. But for now, slán!